We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Matt Perino, New York Upstate, joining me on the Western Hotline. Matt, uh, happy belated birthday to you. Well, actually, is your birthday coming up? Because you're, I was chatting with your wife. I was going to try to make it to Brightsmith the other night, but I had a wedding and I, I couldn't get it coordinated right. But she told me that you were doing like some early birthday stuff. When is your birthday exactly? Yeah, I'm 39 for eh, about another month. Uh, but once bill season kicks off, yeah, right. That's it. Next week, it's. That's it. It was impossible to schedule something, and then there's actually a preseason game on my birthday. So my wife uh, threw, threw a big-time 12-6 uh, curveball and had a surprise party for me the other day. So that was – honestly, that's probably the only way she could have pulled off a surprise of that magnitude. So it worked out. Yeah, great lady you got over there. Uh, you know, you've, uh, you're you swinging above your weight class, buddy. So uh, I, I know that you know that, but I just figured I'd remind you. Um, but, hey – Pleasure to have you on. Thanks as always for making time for me on your Saturday uh, your Saturday mornings. Um, we uh, Zach and I were just chatting about Matt uh, the Diggs and Davis connection that's going to be happening this year. And there's a lot of expectations that Gabriel Davis is going to take that jump to be one of the elite number two wide receivers in the league. And th- these two are going to form you know maybe the best or one of the best duos of, of outside receivers in football. And part of the conversation evolved for us, Matt into talking about Diggs's role because you know for all intents and purposes you look at 2020 versus 2021 you know target wise he had two less targets in one more game last year right but at the same time Matt he goes from having 127 catches in 2020 to 103 last year he drops almost 300 full yards in in yardage over the course of his season now 2020 was a career year for Diggs Matt but are you expecting now that defenses aren't going to just cue on Stefan Diggs that maybe we see those numbers creep back to those 2020 numbers 127 for 1535 and and eight touchdowns like are, are we maybe going to see more of Stefan Diggs this year because Gabriel Davis is a more or, um, I think, respected player across the league on what defenses are going to have to do? Yeah, I think I think it's probably twofold for Diggs having a little bit more success consistently this year. Number one, Gabriel Davis being now entrenched and, in my opinion, an upgrade over Emmanuel Sanders, who even at, you know, at certain points last year, probably through the first 10 to 12 weeks of the season, no matter what Gabriel Davis did, he couldn't really get Sanders off the field unless he was hurt. And rightfully so. I mean, the guy's a Super Bowl champion, a guy that comes in the locker room. Everybody's got a lot of respect for him. But it probably should have just been Davis's job last year. I thought he showed enough as a rookie and something that we talked about at this time last year. Like, is, is Gabriel Davis going to be that number two? Is it going to be Emmanuel Sanders? Well, you know, they were just they were waiting to get Emmanuel Sanders into the room, and that's how it kind of went about. But 
talking to Gabriel Davis during uh, minicamp was interesting. When when the topics turned to Ken Dorsey, his eyes lit up a little bit. And, he, and asked about his impressions of him, he was like aggressive in the passing game. The guy is going to put pressure on the defense. He's going to let us go out there and attack, attack, attack. And I think that that's going to mar- marry itself to – the other part of this new identity under uh, under Ken Dorsey and more so Aaron Cromer in that I think they're going to be a little bit more physical running team when they do decide to run the football. So if teams are a little bit more worried about stopping Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, and James Cook, then it takes some of that pressure off Stephon Diggs week in and week out. You remember, Nate, last year through 10 weeks of the season, that, that running game was invisible. So if they all of a sudden now have that part of their game where teams have to game plan for it, uh, Roger Saffold's in the mix now. Yep. Maybe they could be a little bit more of a run-oriented team at times. Take some pressure off Josh Allen, the runner, as well. I think that that could do a little bit of that as well. And then, you know, Stephon Diggs, just just get him the ball. and usually makes something happen with it. Yeah, Zach and I were t- kind of talking about where Stephon Diggs. You're talking about Gabriel Davis talking about how Ken Dorsey's going to apply that pressure to defenses. And part of our conversation was, like, you know, I think last year, part of the reason we saw Diggs's efficiency go down was the areas of the field they were targeting him. And, and I thought in his first season in Buffalo, his downfield prowess, his ability, first of all, it had always been elite. That had been the thing about Diggs is his elite downfield prowess and what he was capable of doing down the field was one of the best in the league. And we saw maybe less of that last year. And I think we saw more of him being a yards-after-catch guy, having to take something on a short route and turn it upfield. And although that's where he can get the volume of targets, I'm wondering you know, how, this, how does Ken Dorsey try to deploy Stephon Diggs further down the field and getting that? Like, I saw a really good stat from last year to 2020 to 2021. It's total yards traveled in the air before before the ball was caught. And in 2020, it was the highest of his career, over 1,000 yards traveled before the, before the ball was caught, which is borderline insane. Um, and then you go from there to 2021, and he takes almost a 200-yard drop from 1071 to 899. And I think that's a really good interpretation or a good illustration, Matt, of the difference of how he was used in year to year. But that's the same offensive coordinator, Matt. Like That just sort of to- shows you, though, the evolution of an NFL offense from year to year. It's never the same. And I'm, I'm thinking that this is going to be one of those years because it is a new offensive coordinator, same terminology, same system but a different ideology from the offensive coordinator. And I wonder if that maybe trickles down to seeing more downfield stuff from Stephon Diggs than we saw last year. Well, teams were scared of them and the Chiefs last year, and I think that that's what kind of brought out this shift in defense where teams were playing that two-deep look that, that took away the downfield part, or the, that part of the field. And I think Stephon Diggs wasn't able to eat as much as he did the year before. And part of it, too, is like it was just a newer – it was a newer uh, weapon in, in a new offense in 2020, and I think teams took a while to figure out how to defend it. And I was actually a little bit surprised that Diggs wasn't a little bit more effective after the catch um, just because watching him in practice and seeing what he did in Minnesota, he is really tough to deal with. Um, but I think the physicality of the game, that's tough over the course of a long season to sustain that. So, yeah, that's going to be on Ken Dorsey to figure it out. And you look around their offense, uh, I don't know if you saw it, but there was a report from um, Doug uh, Kide out of PFF the other day that uh, Gabriel Davis has put on, I think, close to 20 pounds of muscle. Uh, or 20 pounds, how much of that is muscle, I don't know. But he's going to be a much bigger physical player. And I wonder if that is 
the Bills going to him and saying, listen, you're going to be our possession guy. You know, we want to start hitting digs down the field. You're going to have the ball in your hands in that short to intermediate range, and you're going to need to make something happen with it after the catch. Not that he wasn't doing that already, but maybe doing that, you know, doing the work in the offseason to prepare your body for the week-in, week-out grind of that style, uh, that's maybe something that was a directive. We'll find out from Davis when we talk to him when training camp over. Yeah, and you know, Matt, I think it's a great point, like a directive, because I'm of the mind that you aren't, cutting or gaining weight on in, in this organization unless there's a plan from the top. And the only other guy that's really kind of gone against that is Star Latule over the last two years, who had been kind of habitually cutting weight at a position that I'm I'm pretty sure they didn't want a guy cutting weight at it. And that had sort of been one of the talking points of last training camp was Star Latule coming into camp lighter than he had the previous year. So like if Gabe Davis is gaining 15, 20 pounds in an offseason it's because the offseason program wanted him to do that. Yeah, it's funny you bring up Starla Tule. Just thinking back to his tenure, I don't know if there was a guy that has been treated better in the league, like getting paid the way that he got paid, um, and just went, flew in the face of that treatment at every step of the way. I mean, the opt-out and the comeback, not be vaccinated, that whole ordeal, the weight issue, and yep. just – never really living up to what I think that they wanted him to be. And um, I also thought it was interesting, not to switch gears totally on you here, but listening to Eric Wood on the Boston with the Boys podcast a few mm-hmm. weeks ago talk about, you know, they went out and it was a directive to get tough, tougher on the both sides of the line. And on the defensive line, I mean, that's literally what they added in Daquan Jones and right. Settle. And then you, you throw Shaq Lawson and Jordan Phillips into the mix. They're going to be a much tougher team. So, yeah. That's a good point about the directive. Yeah, and, you know, listen, I, I think it's also important for people that are like, oh, man, you know, Gabriel, Gabriel Davis is coming in overweight or he's coming in too big. He can't play at that size or he's going to be stiff or you don't want to gain too much muscle mass uh, at the wide receiver position because you lose that fluidity in and out of routes. And it's like, first of all, that is not going to be his playing weight come September 6th or whatever, you know, whenever the, their, their opener against the Rams are. You've got to imagine when, when these guys get to training camp, they're going to lose four to seven pounds within the first couple of weeks of training camp. His playing weight will probably be about 10 to 12 pounds heavier than it was last year. But this is a guy, Matt, that's going to be relied on more than he was last year as a run blocker, too. And I think that's something to think about because he's going to be on the field more now with no Emmanuel Sanders in front of him. And he's going to be relied upon and asked to be a primary run blocker in an offense that has yet to really find its way on the ground, at least in the Sean McDermott era, since LeSean McCoy has left. So I think part of this is, of course, a lot of it is, you know, hey, we want you to bulk up. You're going to be a possession receiver. But also, we're going to be relying on you to be maybe our most responsible and go-to wide receiver blocking in the run game as well. Yeah, and I and I also wonder what that means, if that's the case, for maybe a fringe guy like Jay Kumaro, who, if you look at him, obviously he has a special teams acumen, and how important he is on teams has probably led to why he's you know, made the team the last two years. But he's also one of their best wide receivers in, in the blocking game. And so if that's an area where you can get more production out of Gabriel Davis, I've already think, I already think he's been a pretty solid uh, run blocker already. But – Maybe you want to keep Isaiah McKenzie and Jameson Crowder and Khalil Shakir, the rookie. And maybe there's just not – maybe you want to keep Marquez Stevenson because you think he can return kicks or you could think he, you think he can add an element to that deep, deep uh, passing game. Then you can kind of move on from a guy like Jay Kumro as much as you like him and as much as he means something in the, in, in, in the special teams unit. But we'll see. I mean, man, 
I recently did a, uh, a five players in the bubble list, and then I also did a 53-man roster projection recently. And it's amazing, Nate. Like, there's probably, like, 47 to 49 spots that you're, like, writing in pen right now. And the, the, the roster battles are, are – they're – invisible like, i don't even know i don't even know <laughs> right. what the real roster battle is when you look up and down this thing i mean there's going to be a few fringe guys that are be, are going to be fighting it out but man it's going to be a very interesting camera from that perspective matt perino here on new york up of new york upstate on our western hotline we're previewing bill's training camp talking a lot about the receivers and one of the areas and obviously you and i have talked about the running back position how that battle potentially plays out and the it's the other side of the ball that i think i find most interesting uh matt and it's you know, the, I think the linebacker position at the top two is is obviously settled. It's 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 firmed. It's set in stone. It's set in cement. Um, you know, the the third guy. I think there's a rotating door there. But you were talking about the defensive line and thinking about the rotation in the middle um, and the versatility that they're going to have. I, I think I'm more excited about what the additions of Tim Settle and Daquan Jones have. Listen, I'm I'm as equally as excited as I am for what they potentially do to the game of Tremaine Edmonds and finally having a guy up front in the run game that's a two-gap defender that can sort of keep him a little bit cleaner, a little bit longer. But for me, the thing I'm thinking about and, and maybe most excited about, Matt, is what this does to free up Ed Oliver in the middle. Because this is the first time in his NFL career he's going to have a two-gap defender, whether it's Tim Settle, whether it's Daquan Jones to the left or the right of him, and, and can actually hold his own in there. And, and that, you know, I want to maybe shy away from like sounding like I've taken a shot at Star Latulale, but you were talking about the inconsistencies of not being able to be available and on the field for them. And when he was, he wasn't that same road grading, he's going to take on double teams kind of guy. And I think a lot of that fell to Ed Oliver. So knowing that he really took that step in the second half of last season. What are your expectations for for Ed Oliver going into year four this year? And and I think it's an important year for him, uh, Matt, because this is a guy who's got his fifth year option already opted in, so he's all good there. But this is kind of going to be the off season after this year, where the Bills may look to lock him up long term. And if he has the type of season he's capable of having, the one that maybe he flashed us at the end of last year, man, what Settle and Jones could potentially do to free him up, he could be one of the higher paid interior defensive linemen in all of football. Yeah, this is a great conversation to have because I think that, like, what they did in the offseason, it, it impacts so many different guys. But to your point, I, I don't know if Ed Oliver isn't the one that's impacted the most. And, like, so let's start with taking Von Miller out of the, the equation and just talk about what they did on the interior. If they just were rolling the ball out with, the, with their defensive line, maybe with Jerry Hughes back and not Von, Von Miller, I would think that Ed Oliver was primed for a, a huge breakout season in terms of – production and that's i think that next stage right for him he needs to start getting to the quarterback fishing there that's what they drafted him to be in the top 10 in 2019 but now you talk about adding von miller and that changes so much because they did the work on the interior and oh by the way we didn't even mention it jordan phillips right. i thought Ed oliver at times late in 19 looked like the best version of himself as a pass rusher alongside jordan phillips and phillips mentioned it during uh, minicamp but now with Von Miller there, not only are you going to get a chance to be always, no matter what, when you're on the field with Von, you are the number two primary target for that offensive line or that offensive game plan. But you're also able to kind of tap in to that wealth of knowledge. Von Miller just finished playing, what was it, 14 games with the greatest interior defensive right. lineman of right. all time? You don't think they're going to sit down and break down that tape and Von Miller's going to kind of teach Ed Oliver, teach him up a little bit on what, what, to, what he's doing right, what he's doing wrong, and how he can improve. And this is the guy 
um, Aaron Donald that Oliver was compared to when he was getting drafted, a little bit right. undersized. He's never really fit into that that actual mold. But there's so many intriguing things. And you mentioned Tremaine Edmonds. The thing about Edmonds that I've been kind of banging this drum for the last three months is what do you do now? Because you're, you're going into the season. I don't foresee them extending him before the season. They're probably no. going to play this out, right? Yep. What happens if because of all the work they did up front, yep. <laughs> he goes and absolutely explodes, 140 tackles, six picks, six sacks. Right, has an all-pro season. Yeah. Yes. Then you're stuck with not, not only do you have to pay Ed Oliver, but you you got to think about paying Tremaine Edmonds, and you can't pay them all. And that's, no. We might be in a situation where they pay Jordan Poyer here in the next couple of weeks. We'll see how that goes. There's a, at some point you're going to have to cut it off. Yeah, and that that's that was kind of my final uh, – you're you're good, Matt. It's it's like you do professional podcasting and you're a professional writer because my next question and final question for you for the day was the Jordan Poyer situation. How do you see what do you see as being the resolution for this um for this situation between the Bills and Jordan Poyer? Because it's one of the friendliest Mexican standoffs I've ever seen. They've got guns pointed out of their holsters, but they're water guns. Right? Like, it's friendly. They're kind of both looking at each other saying, like, I really love you. Well, I love you, man. Like, you're great. And I love this organization. But, like, you know, I do need to get a little bit paid. It's like, okay. You know, like, it just seems like although Poyer is standing on his ground with Drew Rosenhaus saying, we believe we, we're worth this, this isn't the Jesse Bay situation. He's not sitting out. He's not going to miss training camp time. Um, how do you see, what is the ultimate resolution here? And maybe I'll ask you this in twofold. What do you think's going to happen, and what do you what would you like to see happen, and are they the same thing? That's a great question. Uh, I'm going to take you back to Sean McDermott's comments shortly after the Micah Hyde softball game. He said, "Business is business, but business usually takes care of itself in this department." And he said he had a great conversation with Jordan Poyer, and ever since then, to your point, it has been very, very uh, happy on both sides of this equation. Both sides speak highly of each other. Let's, let's be honest, Nate. Poyer's one of their guys. He's one of the reasons that this thing has been built the way that it's been built. So I think in the end, he is going to get more money. How that actually transpires, does it end up being this max extension for a safety? I don't foresee that happening just because of all the work they still need to do. But um, it's a great question. I go back and forth on it. Every, you know, sometimes I'm like, you know what? Put, put together a three-year extension Figure it out to where maybe you can get out of it in two years, but get him that guaranteed money up front. That probably works out a lot of problems. But at the same time, you know, maybe that doesn't fit into the, the, the cap figure that you need it to fit into to get it done. And that's probably why we're sitting here. And listen, this is going to be a big week. A lot of the deals that happen, you know, in these kinds of situations happen right before or right after training camp starts. So it's right. probably going to pick up in that department. But I just think that they need to get something done with him. I don't, I don't foresee an ending to this where, you know, they just say, they throw their hands up and say, we can't figure something out, we trade him. They trade him or, um, you know, he, 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 he requests a trade. I mean, he's, he's going to be a guy that shows up, and once the football starts, that's it. it's going to be all eyes on the prize. Yep. No, I, I totally agree, and that's, listen, Porter's a professional, you know, I've sort of been on the side that I don't think he can pay everyone, and you're right. How This is not going to be a mega extension, and it's going to be whether or not he's comfortable taking – 
you know, an extra year or maybe two years with avoidable year and they can figure out a way to give you more money right now, convert it to a signing bonus the next year and and, and maintain the cap flexibility they're going to need to sign Dawson Knox to sign uh, at Oliver here in the future. And yeah, it's listen, this is a jigsaw puzzle and I, I am not envious of the position that Brandon Bean is in, but he has found ways to this point thus far in his career to make things work. This is going to be his hardest test yet. Matt, Thank you so much, my friend, as always. Uh, I'll see you in a week, man. I'm really excited. I'll see you out at training camp, see you out on the field uh, next Sunday. And uh, I'm sure we'll be doing more chatting over the next couple weeks, buddy. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.